You're listening to You're United listening Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on today's show, we have Tom Hunt. Hi Tom, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, great. Thanks. And you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, I know you're a very busy guy and you've been out and about all over the place cooking absolutely awesome looking food from your Instagram feed. Um, so I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, could you just start off by just giving us a little intro about who you are and what you're about? Sure. Um, well, I've dis- <laughs> I coined myself an eco chef a few years ago, which means I kind of practice my own style of sustainable cookery and make that a priority with anything I do. And I am a food writer, food waste campaigner, and author of The Natural Cook as well. Awesome. So what's an eco-chef then? So an eco-chef is, well, an ecological chef, I suppose. So I've decided rather than just taste and wait for it, it's rather than just taste, I've decided to prioritize the ethics of my produce as well. And um, essentially put, even go as far as putting that before taste as a priority, which seems to shock some people. But I don't know, I find that a bit, a bit confusing because at the end of the day, um, I'm not talking about serving up some kind of terrible gruel. I'm talking about kind of like serving up some feel good food, really. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think everyone when they go out for food, obviously you're going out, you want the best food, don't you? That's what it's about. But also more and more people are starting to care a lot more, I think, about where the food comes from and like the food story. So I guess that's what you're providing people with is a, a, a full story about their food as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're right in the sense that story, like often kind of decent food does have a great story attached to it and um will yeah i mean to to be honest more often than not taste better not just because the quality is often better when you're looking at more sustainable produce but because the story and experience behind a food a food or meal does increase its kind of memorability and even its kind of taste yeah yeah that's yeah that's what i think i think it's it can be almost slightly psychological as well can't it yeah i guess i think one of my favorite chefs dan barber kind of says in or has said in one of his talks that his um he really kind of believes in the experience being a priority within a meal and that's 
kind of the experience you have when you go and dine in his restaurant it's kind of endless course after, after course but each each kind of dish has its story that they tell you when they present it like his kind of um his free range foie gras and his um like at one point he takes you off into this into the bakery and they serve you a course of five different breads that they've milled themselves or yeah it's really quite an experience and it's it's not you're not just a veg cook are you when you look on your um tom's feast instagram page like your photos got you some big leaves as ears and you kind of immediately like oh is, is it about veg but you also you cook meat as well don't you well not exactly so i turned vegetarian one year ago oh cool and um I so it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I I um I thought long and hard about how it should affect my restaurant Poco in Bristol and how it should affect the food that I'm serving. And um I decided that actually I'm I am an advocate for good animal agriculture and wanted to continue serving meat within my restaurant. Um but with the kind of ad- added kind of ad- like basically deciding that all of the meat that I serve should be of incredible quality, like stepping it up a notch further. Like we were already serving brilliant meat, free range meat, um, kind of often from like really good sustainable sources, pasture fed, um, and, and yeah, even kind of like forest reared pork and things like that. But through turning vegetarian, what I decided is actually even free range isn't good enough or even just kind of like a plain or like organic meat isn't good enough. I want the story we were talking about earlier, uh, like to kind of be there and for that story to be of exemplary sustainable practice of incredible animal welfare and kind of animals that have been treated in incredible ways so that they're, you know, they've had brilliant lives, but also the kind of quality of the produce or the meat that they are kind of give to us is of that excellent kind of standard. Yeah. And um, so I've I've put a lot of thought into it, and I've kind of this. I was kind of yeah. I was interested when you asked me to come on the show about about that fact because barbecue is kind of meat orientated most of the time, and um, I've been contemplating that like the past six months I've really only been writing vegetarian recipes and um I'm also like as much as you are I imagine like super keen on cooking on fire and barbecue and and kind of so that's been another thing I've been contemplating how you know is this personal kind of choice going to affect that and am I going to now cook veggie barbecue? And what does that look like? Because no one's really doing it, at least doing it well. It's kind of like, do you know what I mean? And yeah, so, yeah, it's an interesting subject, I think. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I guess uh, what you said is right. Like primarily it's a very like meat orientated industry, but, but I think it is becoming more and more prevalent that like people do want the healthier lifestyle and they know that really the healthier lifestyle comes with, more veg less meat really <laughs> so and everything tastes better cooked on fire exactly like, yeah whether that's, it's that's my mantra everything tastes better whether than it's smoke <laughs> yeah whether it's flesh or or kind of vegetable it's like yeah it's just tastes better <laughs> yeah and that 
there's I think there's more and more people who are who are like becoming vegetarians for health reasons or just for just the love of veg and <laughs> there are you, you can make some amazing dishes that you don't have to have meat in a dish for it to taste good and we I've had quite a few times here I actually not met, not loads of people know it but I've talked about it on the podcast before I was a vegetarian myself for a couple of years and Marcus who's like one of our like big advocates of barbecue in the UK he runs the um, country wood smoke forum on Facebook he was a vegetarian for years and he's not anymore I'm not anymore but I still yeah. appreciate vegetables and do cook a lot more veg perhaps than many other barbecuers do but I think it is becoming more and more socially acceptable in the barbecue world <laughs> to eat a vegetable <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I uh, yeah I'm kind of I'm thinking, well, a few years ago, I wanted to set up a fire restaurant. Um, and then several people did it. Um, and so kind of being being the competitive person I am, I kind of developed that idea a few steps further to become essentially kind of a Neolithic kind of restaurant, stepping back in time where everything is handmade from the walls to the cutlery and without any modern amenities and everything being cooked on this central kind of fire pit. And um, I'm actually going away to, uh, well, South South Africa, maybe to Mexico over the winter, maybe South America as well, to do some fire cooking and to get, to kind of get, get kind of smoky, I suppose. And, um, and uh, yeah, to kind of train up a bit further so that, I can set up this um, handmade kind of Neolithic restaurant. Um, and uh, so it's going to be like eco just, in every sense rather than just the eco food. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm just what, like going back to that dilemma, I'm now thinking, holy, cr- holy moly, what am I going <laughs> to, what am I going to do with like, am I going to cook meat? Like yeah. I'm still kind of just like, you know, coming to terms with the fact that I'm vegetarian. I've been vegetarian for about, um, like just as, like I said, almost a year yeah. and, um, I'm still kind of coming to terms with it because I actually love meat. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm now thinking, am I gonna, is this going to be like a vegetarian restaurant or like, I mean, that just seems a bit radical when everything's cooked over a fireplace, you know, but, um, I'm sure I'll come up with the the kind of an answer that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just I need to you work. Could, you probably would be the first uh, vegetarian barbecue restaurant I'd have thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm I am I do fully believe you know the statement we made earlier that everything tastes better on fire or with smoke yeah. and um and and so in that sense you know it still it still makes sense. Yeah. So your cookbook, the natural cook, is that a vegetarian book or is that got me? No, that's well. It's actually mostly. It's I say it's vegetable led. Yeah. Um, so I've yeah, basically I've kind of always been a fan of vegetable and mm-hmm. um, and uh, so most of the vegeta- most of the book is vegetarian, but there's the odd recipe in there. There's a few good barbecue recipes actually. There's um, there's uh the crab which i cook whole on the coals like straight on the coals along with beans 
and then there's um bri- like brisket no it's not brisket sorry it's bavette of beef that's mm-hmm. cooked on the coals along with um and served with the classic chimichurri yeah and and um sweet corn so you've been doing quite a lot of food demos and stuff around the place what sort of food are you cooking running the stage and stuff at the moment so well i'm i'm taking the opportunity as a kind of new vegetarian to kind of push it even further and i've been cooking a lot of vegan food just to kind of uh, for me like a lot a big part of all these processes and kind of decisions is actually creativity and like learning so as a chef kind of deciding to be vegetarian and deciding to kind of like focus on vegan recipes and stuff is actually like a huge learning curve because you're learning loads of new techniques kind of finding new ingredients and foods and it's really interesting because I've always been part of kind of that to an extent like when I was younger we'd go to Totnes and stuff like when I and and you know where there's kind of health food shops and things and so I was aware of all that kind of cookery and kind of juicing and and like you know nut milks and stuff actually you know for 10 20 years and now it's kind of catching on and you're seeing it in like michelin starred restaurants and stuff and it's like it's interesting that they're now kind of taking inspiration from the health food movement to an extent which is quite something really i guess they wouldn't admit it in some respects but yeah. <laughs> you can see the techniques and and stuff that they're using that has come from kind of those other kind of approaches to food so for me that's a big part of it um it's kind of like applying those restrictions to your diet or to your cooking um kind of allow or push that kind of creativity yeah i think like, yeah i think what you said you know, there's like a really good thing is you i think people should probably just try that sometime like kind of push themselves outside of their comfort zone a bit and actually try out something like maybe see if you can be a vegetarian for a week or something do you know what i mean like if you yeah. start with somewhere somewhere some with start with something rather yeah um yeah. like my, I think my wife's uh, gluten-free it. now so it's, it's yeah. made a real shift in like everything that we're cooking is trying to find good alternatives and I think it's a good challenge and it actually makes cooking quite exciting as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. It pushes diversity, which is like so important for not just our health, like in our gut health, but for the environment itself through like basically supporting a greater number of species of plants that are grown in the world and grown locally rather than just the 12 main species that man exists on which are like corn, rice, like potatoes and like very few other ingredients. Whereas when you kind of take on these kind of new ingredients and learn about them through whatever kind of process, whether that's kind of deciding to be seasonal or cutting gluten out from your diet or being vegetarian or just simply wanting to eat more vegetables, it's like the benefits it has on everyone (laughs) is quite notable definitely so so if there is there like one ingredient that you think we should all be using a lot more of um yeah i mean well seaweed i guess like it's super plentiful full of omega-3 um fatty acids good balance um and 
like obviously proteinous and f- delicious. Like it, at first, like when you haven't cooked it before, you're like, what the hell can I put this in? But actually it goes in, it goes in everything. Like it can kind of, as an additive, like it's delicious kind of added to most things. Like one of the things we do at the restaurant is a kelp mayonnaise or kelp aioli mm. with the powdered kelp. And it just gives it like a fuller, more rounded flavor. Um, or I just wrote an article for Vegetarian Living magazine where I do hajiki seaweed and grilled, char-grilled apricot um, salad, uh, which is nice. And um, yeah, but really you can, I think, you know, we, I, I, as well as a lot of people, I think gets like kind of in their routine of their set meals for the week. And actually you can shake that up a little bit and add all these different ingredients to, to those same dishes. I mean, yeah. And should be, is like fresh seaweed going down the beach and finding it? Is that a good idea or do we need to be buying, buying a special type of seaweed? Yeah, John Wright from River Cottage says that every seaweed um, on the British coastline is edible. It's only when you start diving down to deeper depths that there's a couple of inedible species, but actually there's tons of kelp on the British coastline that you can go and forage yourself. Um, and it depends on, obviously some beaches are private, but mostly they're not. And you can just take a little bit, like it's so abundant, you can just take a little bit and it will last you ages. Mm. Definitely going to try more. Good with, do some good barbecues. With me as well, if you are going to do it on a barbecue, yeah, we'll kind try of for it a seasoning. Basically, I would definitely recommend like kelp powder as a seasoning for a meat. Yeah, is it quite salty? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you can like put less salt in or none, and mm. just live with it depending on how much seaweed you add. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So I know you've done quite a bit of stuff with River Cottage. I was watching on YouTube. I saw a food tube video you did with a like a baba ganoush recipe on there. Yeah, yeah. So I I was at River Cottage for three years from two thousand and four as Hugh sous chef working with Gil Miller, and then but more recently kind of did some food tube stuff stuff with them. And yeah, I've got like. I used to work in an Argentinian grill when I was 21 in Honduras in Central America and kind of spent, I was actually a waiter. It was the godsend, like, like living on the beach kind of wait, like I had a few tables on the beach that I'd wait, but I'd spend half my time hanging over the, the, um, grill chefs kind of counter watching him and getting tips on how to grill Argentinian style, which I believe is the best kind of and most um kind of developed style of grilling uh, over coal um and kind of learned some serious tips and tricks but one of those tricks um is how to start a kind of uh lumpwood charcoal fire with a wine bottle and a bit of newspaper and it, you don't need, need any fire. Like, <laughs> well, it is a video. It's a video oh, on, it? on River Cottage Food Tube. And it's like literally wine bottle, bit of newspaper, and um, no fire lighters, some good lump of charcoal, and you've got a raging white kind of hot coal within 15 minutes. I'm intrigued now. I'm straight on YouTube after we've finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, and your, your work continues still with River Cottage. I know you. I saw... 
on your Instagram page, there's a link there to a cookery course that you're doing with them. And that's actually this week, isn't it? Yeah. So Friday, um, there's a couple of tickets left. I'm going to do, um, yeah, workshop for River Cottage at Borough Market in London. They're, they're kind of doing a stint in Borough Market and I'm taking up one of their evenings with a workshop around my kind of style of cooking, which I call root to fruit eating, which is essentially valuing food in its entirety and wasting nothing so that we can all live more sustainably whilst not spending any more money, but affording more organic and kind of better quality food. And um, so I'm going to be cooking up a few different recipes and doing a workshop, cooking my sourdough and, um, and having a bit of a feast. Awesome. So do you eat the whole apple? Sorry? Do you eat a whole apple? I do. Including the core and the seeds? I have done it since I was a kid, even though everyone <laughs> says that a tree will grow out of your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse than that, actually, because someone told me that the, the pips contain cyanide. Yeah, arsenic. <laughs> but arsenic, um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's trace amounts that you don't, yeah, don't I, necessarily digest. It just... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I read no, that you'd have to you have to eat you'd have to ingest fifty pips in one go for it to have any impact. Ah. So you need to eat a lot of apple. Actually no, it was fifty apples worth of pips. Oh there good. Go. I was gonna say <laughs> getting close. Oh dear. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. It's, it's trace amounts. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really Same. enjoy the core. Yeah. I've only, I've been obviously right as a kid, I did it once and thought, oh, that was dangerous. I'll never do that again. But uh, last year, I do quite a lot of work with Google, and I, I was at a conference there, and one of the kind of guys was giving us this inspirational talk, and his talk was entitled "Eat the Whole Apple," and mm. it was just his story of like, his problems he has in life. Uh, this is completely unrelated to food. I'm just going off on a tangent now, but his his stories he had in life of his problems that he had to overcome, and it was a kind of like a a kind of workshop to get us to think about the issues that we faced and how we'd overcome them. And his was all about this apple that he always had this problem of what does he do with this core that's always hanging around, and if he leaves it in his car, it will go manky. So he developed the best way to eat a whole apple, and he showed us all his way to eat a whole apple and. Ever since I've eaten the whole apple. <laughs> <laughs> what about kiwis? Oh yeah. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you eat the fur? I've tried that. It's not actually that bad, is it? It takes a bit of like <laughs> training. <Quite> dry. <laughs> the other thing I've started eating the whole thing of is uh, prawns, tiger prawns, even. Yeah. Yeah, like literally, kind of like, yeah, kind of like the whole thing, crunchy shell. So where do you, where do you draw the line on like foods? It's like become like now I'm not enjoying it anymore. <laughs> I reckon I haven't given the lobster a go. Yeah, <laughs> but I I just uh, the reason I started doing it with prawns is because I was so bored of picking. I'm like I'm a quickie. I'm a big eater. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was just bored of peeling them. I was just like sod it. I'm gonna put the whole thing in. <laughs> cool. We're we're getting close to the time where I think you need to shoot off, but um. Is there? Have you got any like tips for people for like at home? Like, what can we do at home to reduce our food waste? Um, well, buy the best food you can. Um, spend as much as you can on your food and eat it for pleasure. So go and spend, like source like 
the best markets, the best meat, and kind of put as much energy into it as possible because then there's no way in how you'll waste it. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, thanks, mate, for spending some time talking to me today. Um, do you want to just, before you go, just tell people where they can find you online? Yeah, I'm on uh, Tom's or at Tom's Feast at um, or on Twitter and Instagram. And then I have Tom'sFeast.com website as well. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. I uh, look forward to seeing more of your recipes in the future. Speak to you soon. Thanks very much. Cheers, Bye. mate. Bye. You're listening to your United Q podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.